I think that song really makes the Lord happy when you're singing to Him, Have Your Way in Me. Come on, give Him a big hand this morning. The Lord Jesus is worthy of our praise. Praise the Lord. Well, you may be seated this morning. It was two years ago when I heard shocking news that I never thought I'd hear in my life when a doctor told my wife, looked her in the eyes and said, you have breast cancer. And the last two years have been tumultuous times, but at the same time, not only have I watched God be faithful, I have watched my wife be a literal living testimony of the grace of God. I've watched her get knocked down and I've watched her get back up. And uh, she goes around the world inspiring people with what God can do in the midst of a troubling situation. And uh, I felt it appropriate here at Thanksgiving to let her share with her own home family that uh, if you get knocked down, God can help you give up. Give a big hand to my wife, Linnell. God bless you, honey, as you come. Amen. Hello. Amen. 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 Well, I want to say thank you all for your love and support these past two years. We couldn't have made it without you. Our family couldn't have made it. All those wonderful meals you all cooked and helped me through all of this. But to put it on a fun note, I'm going to teach you a song. Now, some of you that are a little older, that may be a little more worldly, knew this song. And so, therefore, I couldn't play it because my husband said it might bring up too many memories. But we're going to sing it. And this is going to be the theme of my message, which is, I get knocked down, but I get up again. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You never going to keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You never going to keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You never going to keep me down. But I get up again, you're never gonna keep me down. Amen? Amen? Okay, so throughout my message this morning, we're gonna sing that little song, and I want you to join with me because today I'm going to challenge you that you may get knocked down. No, 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 well, I'll take that back. You will get knocked down. Life is that way. We live in a sin-stained, sin-filled world, and bad things happen even to good people. It rains on the just and the unjust alike. Jesus said that in this world you will have, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And so we're going to talk about getting knocked down, but how to get back up again. I don't have to teach you how to get knocked down. Life does that. But I'm going to teach you how to get back up again. I'm going to start with my testimony. Turn it with me to Micah 7, verse 8. Micah chapter 7, verse 8. Enemy, don't laugh at me. I have fallen, but I will get up again. I sit in the shadow of trouble now, but the Lord will be a light for me. As my husband told you two years ago, just at this time of the year, I was diagnosed with cancer. And it was pretty shocking. I was running hard after God. I was living my dream. I had a great husband. We have a great church. Hear an amen. We have three wonderful children. I was serving God. I had a trip planned to Thailand and a trip planned to the Philippines, Haiti. And we were just serving God. I was running hard after God. 
And the doctor said, you have cancer. And I have to tell you, when he said that, fear gripped my heart. And it wasn't so much that I was afraid of dying as I was afraid of becoming less of a woman. He said, not only you have cancer, but he said the words, and I don't remember what all he said, but I heard mastectomy, I heard chemo, I heard radiation, and I thought I'm going to lose my femininity, I'm going to lose my hair. Will my husband love me? Even more than that? Well, not even more. But will I ever be able to travel again, speak, preach? What about my kids? How will this affect their walk with God? Will their faith in God be shaken? And I struggled. I struggled in a big way. I lost my hair. Still trying to get it back. But I'm here to tell you that when you get knocked down, you can get up again. I get knocked down, but I get, I get up, up again. again. Nothing's going to keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. There's nothing going to keep me down. I went through two years of treatment. I am so thrilled to say that as of today, I am not taking chemo medicine. I am drug-free, <laughs> literally. I am healthy and I'm whole. Well, about two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, we took a team of 25 to Mexico. And I was down in Mexico, and it was a beautiful sunny summer or, or Sunday morning. And I was getting ready to preach, and I was down. There's this big amphitheater, if you can imagine, with 5,000 Indians will fill that amphitheater, the big crusades. Well, I was just down on the stage at the bottom of the mountain and just walking and worshiping. I was just telling God how much I loved him, and I was just having a wonderful time in his presence. And as I was worshiping God, I just I started to cry. You know, I'm a woman. We cry. And I started crying in his presence, and I told God, I said, God, I'm not going to be ashamed of my scars. I have scars from cancer. I have scars that you'll never see. I still have, and you'll see often as I turn my head, my holes, you know, bald spots in my hair. I have scars, and I've been ashamed of them. I've been trying to turn them into victory, but I'm embarrassed by them. And I said, God, I won't be ashamed of my scars. In fact, I'll be proud of them. And I told him that as I'm walking the stage. Well, I get ready. I go and I preach to this church full of Indian, um, so still Indian people. And I'm talking to them about the bullying Goliath spirit that tries to silence the Christian voice. It tries to knock people down and to make them feel intimidated where they can't preach. They can't share their faith. They don't feel like they can be victorious. And it has their people, the Indian people, and I feel like people around the world, it's silencing our, the Christian voice. It's persecution in nations. There is just persecution on the job. There's that intimidation in the schools that you can't say the name of Jesus. You can't read your Bibles. You, all these things. And as Christians, we're trying to be silenced. I preached this word. It was hard. I mean, there was that bullying spirit right there trying to silence our voice. It was tripping up our interpreters, and we were, we were struggling. But we went through, we pressed through, we prayed, we prophesied, and ministered. 
and we left the service, and I thought, wow, God, that was hard. But we got through our day. We were getting ready for our, our whole week of conferences to several villages. We were ministering um, and getting ready. And that night, I head down the mountain to where my house was that I was staying in. My daughter was with me, my Be Rebecca. And I step off into space. I hit my head on a handrail, flipped over it, and slid down the mountain. I was laying there. My head split open. The doctor said it looked like my head had exploded, my forehead. And I had a choice. I get knocked down, get, get up, up again. again. Nothing's going to keep me down. down. I get knocked down, but get I get up, up again. again. There's Never nothing going to keep me down. down. I'm laying there. I have my head split open. I'm bleeding. I have road rash on my scalp. There's gravel embedded in it. My knees are bloodied. Uh, I, you know, I don't even know what all's wrong. And I'm laying there and I'm just thinking, what's going on, God? Where were you? What's going on? And my daughter tells me, I said, go get help. I, I don't remember. And she said, and you were praying in the Holy Spirit. I, I believe that. I, I, you know, because I'm, I'm in a lot of pain. I'm having horrible headaches. And I'm laying there. And, of course, you know, this is a little random thoughts, but I'm thinking, I wonder if there's snakes this time of year. <laughs> and spiders. Okay, so, I mean, I did have some random thoughts. But I thought, God, we have a whole week planned of ministry to villages all over these mountains. One of the villages on Tuesday morning was four hours away through the mountains, windy mountains, on a dirt, rutted road. And I'm thinking, God, i got to get back up again. They have waited two years for us to go to this village, and I can't get knocked down. Well, they come, my team comes, they're praying for me, they're helping me up the mountain, they're trying to get the bleeding stopped. I get up to the top of the mountain, and I said, can we just glue it together? Can we just tape it? Can we just, you know? Well, they didn't do that. They sent me an hour through the mountains to see a doctor. And when the doctor pulls that rag off of my head, he goes, ay, ay, ay. I didn't need to hear that. Um, my, my daughter wouldn't let me look in the mirror. So, I, you know, I'm thinking I have a little gash about so big. I mean, I don't know. I know it's bleeding, but head wounds bleed. And so I'm, I'm, I'm laying on this table in this 24-hour doctor's clinic, and, and he, is, he is just shaking his head and saying, no entiendo, ay, ay, ay. And, and I don't know necessarily what no entiendo means, but I imagined what it meant. It meant, I don't know what to do. So he, start, he pours alcohol on my head, and I'm just I'm praying in the Spirit because I want to come out of my skin. And um, he starts to stitch me up, and he goes, I caramba, and he takes out the stitches. And he starts to stitch me up again and says, ay, 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 and takes them out again and says, no entiendo. And third time, and I'm praying now really, really hard, he stitches me up, he bandages my forehead, and he sends me back to the ministry clinic. And I have a choice. 
I can go home. I can go home to my husband, sleep in my own bed, see an American doctor that knows how to speak my language. Or I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. I get knocked down, but get up again. You're never going to keep me down. So luckily on Monday, I had the day off. And I was able to, um, my eyes were swollen. You can put that awful picture up. if you. My eyes were swollen shut. They were blackened. My face was swollen. And I'm thinking, God, I can't see to even look at my notes. But if I have to preach with my eyes swollen shut, I will. And you can just download to me the scriptures. You can give me those notes. The next day, you can take that awful picture down. We get, at 6 in the morning, we get on a, in a truck, two vans and two trucks, and we head across the mountains four hours. Three times, those trucks had to pull the vans out of the ruts in the road. I'm doing all I can to keep my head from getting bounced around and hit by the window. But I got to go preach those those. Uh, so seal women that no matter what in life knocks them down, they can get back up again. That there is nothing too big that God can't help them get back up and start running again. I was able to impart faith to them that they serve a big God, a good God, a faithful God. We had an altar call. We, you know, we don't speak the language, so we don't know who answered the altar call for salvation and who just wanted prayer for faith. And we just prayed for them all. Every one of those women came up for prayer. We ministered to a bunch of children that day. Throughout the week, we preached again and again and again. Whatever knocks you down in life, you can get back up. So, one thing, don't pray. Did I tell you that, you know, I told God that I'd be proud of my scars? Well, that next morning, I told God, I meant the scars I already had. Um, thanks, Nick. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 4.8. That morning after I fell down, I'm going to reread that scripture in Micah 7.8. God gave me the scripture. He said, don't, don't gloat over me, oh my enemy. Don't laugh at me. Don't get excited because I may have fallen, but I will get up again. Listen, don't let the, the enemy get excited when you fall. Don't let the enemy gloat over you and taunt you and tell you it's no use, just give up and quit. Don't let him lie to you and tell you that it's over with. The dream you had is done. Don't let him lie to you and tell you you've blown it too bad. The call of God on your life is no longer available to you because you've messed up. People in the Bible who got knocked down some of them because of choices they make. Some of them just because of things that happened. Peter denied Christ three times. He got knocked down, but he got up again. Joseph was betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery. He got knocked down, but he got up again. Paul had a debilitating disability. We don't really know what it was, but we think it was that he was blind, that he couldn't see very well. But it didn't stop him. He got back up again. 
Naomi lost her husband, her two sons. She got back up again. David committed adultery with Bathsheba, and worse than that, murdered Bathsheba's husband. But he got back up again. No matter what you've done in life, you can get back up again. No matter what you've experienced, you can keep on running. 2 Corinthians 4.8. This is Paul talking. He said, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. I have a question for you. What's knocked you down? What has tried to destroy you? A divorce? Abandonment? Bankruptcy? Loss of a business? Offense? Death of a loved one? A serious illness? A disappointment? What knocked you down and made you question, God, where are you? Where are you? What are you doing in this? When I fell down the mountain, I told you my youngest daughter was with me. My older daughter asked God, God, where were you when my mom fell down the mountain? And can I tell you something? I believe with all my heart that I didn't trip. I believe I was pushed. There's a real enemy that wants to destroy us, kill, steal, and destroy I didn't twist my ankle. I didn't catch my foot. I didn't. I just stepped and flew. She said, God, where were you when my mama fell? You know what God told her? I caught her. I caught her. We were on this steep mountainside, and this railing was there, and I hit my head, flipped over it, slid down on the side of my head. I could have slid down to the bottom of the mountain. She said, Mama, as we're driving to this doctor across the mountains, God said, he caught you. Can I tell you what? When you get knocked down, God's right there to catch you. He's right there to catch you. We think, where were you, God? He was right there. But you know what? He's not only right there to catch you, He's right there to extend his hand to help you up, to get you back up again and get back in the race and start running again. Paul was stoned and almost died, but he got back up again. He had that handicap, a thorn in his flesh, but he kept serving God. He was imprisoned. He was persecuted. He kept sharing his faith. His friends abandoned him. People questioned his motives. He lived under constant danger of death, but that didn't stop him. How could he do it? Let's look in verse 12 of 2 Corinthians 4. He knew that it was worth it. He says, this has resulted in eternal life for you. All of these bad things that happened to him, he said, this has been eternal life for you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. Paul could handle the persecution because he knew it was going to be worth it. 
He knew that any trouble that came his way, he was going to turn it around into something good. He knew he was going to fight the enemy more. He was going to tell more people about Jesus. He was going to help people to go through whatever trials they were going through. With the comfort he received, he was going to comfort others. Verse 16, that is why we never give up. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Paul said his light and momentary troubles, they were small in comparison with the glory that God had planned. He'd been beaten. He'd been stoned. He'd been shipwrecked, imprisoned. He had been abandoned and misunderstood. He had had all these horrible things happen to him. And he says, eh, it's nothing. It's nothing compared to the glory that I will receive in eternity through Christ Jesus. So how did he do it? Verse 18, we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. In Hebrews 12, 2, he says, let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Can I tell you how Paul could endure hardship, could endure being knocked down again and again and again as he kept his eyes fixed on Jesus. He kept his eyes fixed, not on the problem, but on the prize that was awaiting him. You can get back up. When you get knocked down, you can get back up. You can go strong. You can run harder than you ever thought you could run, but it's a choice. Proverbs 24, 16 says, The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. The New Century Version says, Even though good people may be bothered by trouble, they are never defeated. Can I tell you, trouble doesn't ever have to defeat you. You don't ever have to give up when bad things come your way. You may lose your job. You, you may lose your home. You may lose a child. But you can get back up again. You don't have to give up and quit. You don't have to lay there and have a pity party. I had a choice. I had every right to go home. I was receiving texts. Is your husband telling you to get on a plane and come home? He didn't. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I do have a few more scars. Tell some more stories. Hopefully they'll, my hair will grow back. And when you get back up, the next thing I want to tell you is run harder. You will find that when trouble comes your way, when I was diagnosed with cancer, I thought I was running hard. I thought I was running fast. I thought I was really doing something for God. I thought I was just serving Him with everything I had in me. And when I got knocked down with cancer, I got back up and realized I could run even harder. I could turn what the enemy meant for evil into something good. Now, Joseph, when his brothers betrayed him and sold him into slavery, and then he went into prison, when he got back up again, he was able to rescue all of his family. He was able to rescue the known world because there was a bad famine in the land. I chose to turn my platform 
into writing a blog and having a website, into doing radio spots and writing magazine articles, into traveling around the world and telling people that, that women around the world, you are more than your body parts. You are more than just something to be used that you are valuable in God's eyes, that you are precious in His eyes, and that you have a purpose and a plan. I chose to turn what the enemy meant for evil into something good. I have made a decision that he messed with the wrong woman. He messes with me and I'm gonna mess with him. And you can make that decision when the enemy tries to trip you up, when you fall flat on your face, you get up, you get that eye of the tiger. You all remember? Eye of the tiger. You get that determination in your mind and your eye and you decide, I'm not going to take this anymore. You've messed with me one too many times and you are going down. The enemy is defeated. Romans says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. I am determined that he is going to be crushed underneath my feet. I am going to speak a liberating word around the world to women, to families, to churches, that they can get back up, that they can fight this enemy of their soul, and they can be victorious. I win, the devil loses. I want to show you a video. This is a video of a race. It's the, 10, it's the Big Ten Indoor Championship in 2008. 600 meter race. We're watching for the runner. Her name is Heather Dornadin. She is um, in lane four in the race and she's number 170. So watch for her. The 600 meter underway. Heather Dornadin in Minnesota finished second this event a year ago. She was in lane four. And Dornadin is probably going to be your favorite. She actually won the NCAA championships in 2006 in the 800, but she only won one Big Ten championship in the two years. Three laps in this event, 600 meters, three times around the 200-meter track here at the field house. What a bold move by Fallon. She's looking very confident, and the Penn State runner is just running amazing today. She did win her heat in the 400, but ended up taking fourth overall. That's Fawn Dorr moving into the lead, a sophomore from Penn State. Dornadin running second. Dornadin last year scored 23 points for the Golden Gophers in their Big Ten Championship, so they're really relying on getting a lot of points from her this weekend, and she's just coming by Fawn Dorr now in the home stretch, heading into the bell lap. Dornadin falling down gets up quickly, but that's going to cost her. Lucky she wasn't injured. Her teammate just went to the front, though, so they may be able to recover from that. And Dornadin is flying down the back she stretch. Is she catching is catching up. She is going to catch Fawn Dorr, and she may catch the leaders. Wow. But she's got Fawn. This is a gutsy effort by Dornadin. I can guarantee you that she thought she was running the fastest she could run. I can guarantee you that she thought that 
She couldn't run any faster. She couldn't run any harder. She was doing the best that she had. And then she tripped and fell. She got knocked down again. But she got back up. And she ran harder than she thought she could run, faster than she probably ever ran in her life and may ever run again. She started running, and she was more determined than ever that she kept her eyes on the prize, on that finish line, on that goal, and she was determined that she was going to win, and she did. We can. We may get knocked down, but we can get back up again. We can run harder than we ever thought we could. We can run faster. We can be stronger. We can be bolder. We can be braver, more determined. But we got to get back up again. We got to get back in the race. We got to start running. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter what made you fall or how many times you've fallen. What matters is that you get back up again. The enemy has no power to stop you. He only will can discourage you or make you want to quit. But it's your choice. Get mad at him. Tried to steal your family? Get mad at him. Make it, make it a determination to win more for Christ, to help other families he's tried to steal your health just get back up again witness to every doctor and nurse that you see every fellow patient write a blog y'all know Amy she just died a few weeks ago dear precious woman in our church every day she lived with passion and purpose even though she'd been dying for years she made sure that every day she would write a card or, 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 e or, you know, write an email to encourage someone or to make a phone call, send a text, to touch someone, to pray for someone. I can't tell you how many texts and, and messages I got that said, I'm praying for you today. She ran hard from a hospital bed. You can get back up again. You don't have to stay down. You don't have to be defeated. You don't have to give up and quit. Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. You can keep on fighting. You can keep on running. You can remain faithful. And let me tell you something about life. When I was struggling with breast cancer, I got a life scripture. I think Paul has been my hero through the whole process of the last two years of my life. But my life scripture in Acts 20, verse 24, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about his wonderful grace. I don't want to live if I can't spend it telling others about Jesus. I, want to, I don't want to just exist, breathe, eat, pay taxes. I want to make my life count, make my life make a difference. 
I want to touch people with my life. Whether I have 50 more years or two more days, I want every day of my life to make a difference, to count. I want to touch people. I want to pray for people. I want to encourage people. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. We had three teenagers, three college students that were killed in a car accident. No matter how healthy you are, how strong you are, how smart you are, how much money you have, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. But we are given today. Given today to make our life count. To make our life worth something. And I want to talk to those of you that feel like you've been knocked down. Maybe you're still down. I want to give you a chance for us to pray with you today. Because even though you've been knocked down, you can get back up again. I'm going to ask you to do a really bold, brave thing because I want to pray with you and I want our altar team to pray with you. I want you to come forward. If you feel like you've been knocked down and you're ready to get back up again, come forward and we want to pray with you. Jesus, 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 Jesus. If God was through with you, you'd be already on out of here. You'd be in heaven. But He's not through with you yet. The plans and purposes He has for you are not over and done with. You still have a purpose on this earth. You still have a purpose to make a difference with your life. And you've got to make a choice today to get back up again, to start running, to run harder, and then to win. I'm going to give you one more minute. If you're here today and you feel like you've been knocked down, and you need somebody to reach out a hand to help you get back up again. I want to encourage you, come to the altar because we want to pray with you. We want to minister to you today because it's not over. It's not over. If you have breath in your lungs, it is not over. And even if you have a breathing tube like Amy did in her nose that was helping her breathe, it's not over. It's not over. The Lord... I just want our worship ministry team to come stand behind people that are up here. Someone be with. Lord, I just want to pray for each and every person in the altar today. I want to pray, God, that you will show them that it's not over for them, that they are not knocked out of the race, that they don't have to just give up and quit. I pray against the spirit of discouragement that would try to tell them it's no use. God is through with you. I break off that lie of the enemy right now, and I speak a prophetic word. It's not over. Get back up. I need you. I need you to start running again. I need you. I need you. I have plans for your life. I have plans to give you a hope and a future. I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you, says the Lord. I pray, God, for each and every person in this altar that they would know that you are a good God, that you are a trustworthy God, that you are a faithful God, and the work that you have begun in them, you will complete it. I pray that they would trust in you again that they would let you take their hand and pick them back up. They would dust themselves off and start running again. 
and that they would finish the race, Lord, that you have laid out for them. And I thank you, God, as they start running, they're going to pick up to a new speed and in a new gear that they didn't think they had. And they're going to be able to go faster and farther than they thought they had it in them. And that, God, they are going to win because they're keeping their eyes focused on you. They're keeping their eyes focused on the goal, on the finish line. They are going to fulfill your purpose and your plan for their life. The dreams that you've given them will come to pass, Lord, because they got back up. They didn't stay down. Lord, I just pray that you bless them in the name of Jesus, that you encourage them, that you strengthen them, Lord Jesus. Help them today, Lord. Fresh strength, fresh courage, fresh boldness, fresh purpose, Lord. Bring back their dreams, oh God. Remind them of their calling, Lord. Remind them, Lord, of their first love for you. I bless them in the name of Jesus. While they're continuing to be prayed for in the altars, I just want to talk to the rest of you out here. There are some of you that may never have asked Jesus to come into your heart, to make him Lord of your life. Today you can make that decision because to get back up on your own, it's not easy. To try to run on your own in your own strength, it's not easy. But with the grace and the mercy of God, you can do it. And I want to extend the invitation to you today that you can settle the issue and make a decision to follow God with the rest of your life and to turn your life over to Him. And if today you want to make that decision, I want to ask you to come up to the altar and we're going to have people pray with you to make the decision to follow Him, to love Him, to serve Him, to live for Him. If you're here and you've not made that decision or you've gotten away from God, I want to invite you, come forward. Come forward. I'm going to give you a moment while Zach sings. I know this life is not my own.